And away we go with Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney here, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, hanging out with the lead draft and film analyst Kent Swanson, Kramer Sansone, uh, behind the glass. A couple days away from the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Tennessee Titans on Sunday at noon. Great show planned in this show. You'll hear from Reggie Ragland, an exclusive Arrowhead Pride interview with Darwin Thompson. Defensive film analyst Craig Stout will join us to tell us how the Chiefs' defense has made major strides. Uh, the editor-in-chief of our Titans SB Nation site, Music City Miracles, he'll join us at about 6.30. Your questions at about 6.50-69306 or hit us on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride. But man, I, I I've been I've been burying the lead. I, it, it, it's 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 just frankly the case. I've been burying the lead because for the first time since October 17, Patrick Mahomes was a full participant in Chiefs practice. Kramer, you're behind the glass. Woo! Give me some give me some tunes here. Oh, here we go. Oh, Uh-oh. there it is. Oh yeah, this is this is what they call the sprinkler, Kent. Oh no. Oh, right He's there. actually doing the sprinkler. Right there. Oh, I can oh, hear it. Back. I can see it. The Chiefs have made it through the darkness with a one-and-one record. And now Patrick Mahomes is back in the mix. I know you're excited about this, Ken. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is your guy. I'm thrilled. This is this is a big day for me. Give me, give me some kind of picture of emotion that's going through you right now. Uh- <laughs> I, uh, is it the best? Is it the best moment since you married your wife and had your kids? Uh, you know, there's 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 a few f- defining moments in a man's life. The Chiefs, wow, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, that's why. When you're when you when you get when you get married, when you have your first child, when your quarterback is uh, your franchise quarterback, the best thing to happen to the city, the best thing to happen to the Kansas City football franchise, is a full participant. In practice, after a, a long absence or a too long of an absence, this is this is a top three moment in my life. Top three moment. Wow. That, maybe maybe you, top two. You can feel that. You can feel how, how much this means to Kent. It's tied. It's tied for, you know, birth of my son, but whatever. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, lot for me to take. Very right heavy. There. Very heavy. Uh, here we are. October 17th is when Patrick Mahomes suffered that uh, dislocated kneecap on Thursday Night Football. Tough moment for all of us. I mean, it it really looked initially when you think about this as potentially Patrick Mahomes' season was over, uh, gets up in the weeks following, you learn that he wanted to go right back in the football game. <laughs> He's crazy. I mean, legitimately crazy. I think you kind of got to be a little bit crazy to to work as hard as a guy like him him does. But when it first happened, I think we all kind of thought. I mean, the first hour after the incident, I think there was just a, a heavy fog across the entire city. Twitter was was depressed. Everyone was depressed. Hashtag the depressed Chiefs Twitter. Frankly, that, that's that's what it was. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is back. Uh, we can kill the music now. We can get a little serious on this. Uh, Andy Reid uh, discussed Patrick Mahomes' progress with the media. Uh, he didn't say a lot, but let's share it with you, and then we could react to it. Yeah, we're going to see with a little bit more and just see how, how he works, you know, um, and how he handles it. And then we'll, we'll go from there. Um, you know, Rick and his crew have done a good job of modern. Patrick's been honest with him and shot him straight. He, you know, he obviously wants to play. I mean, that's that's him. He's wanted to do that since 20 minutes after it happened. So um, we just got to see not only today when he works, but how how he wakes up with it in the morning. So 
Um, I, I just think it's you know it's day to day. We'll get both guys ready to go, and we'll, like we did last week, and we'll be we'll take it from there. See how how it all works. And what has Rick and his staff kind of told you guys? Told you what they need to see to say that he's good to go because you kind of leave it up to them. So what are they? Yeah. Well, the doctors. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're they're involved. We've. Uh, we've had experts look at it, so we're, we're not the experts. I'm not the expert for sure, and uh, and so um, now it's a matter of just going through and doing it. That's what it's, uh, you know, it's been increases work level, see how he handles it, and that's where we're at. And so uh, we'll monitor it. Um, Rick will, and, um, and we'll just see how he does. I mean, there's just no, there, there's no answer right now for it, and. Uh, um, that's that's what's real, and uh, we go with it. So. Kenny's up now, just to confirm, it'll be Matt if not Matt. Uh, yeah, it'll be Matt. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now Henny's Henny's uh, available too. So well, we got a good situation there because I have a lot of trust in Henny. Likewise. So it's a, uh, you know, uh, that's a that's a good good situation. How that, important Andy is the three week mark in terms of Patrick's injury? Uh, not being, you know, not being re-injured. Yeah, so, I, you know, they put time, I, I don't know who puts all the times on it, um, but you just, you keep checking it and rechecking it and talking with a kid, and there's a whole communication process that goes on with it. Everybody heals different, and, um, you know, we're not going to put him out there unless he's, unless he's safe to, to do it, you know, and so, but he's got to work, he's got to go through the, this work level and see, and keep increasing it and see how he does. You know, that's you know, that's where we're at. There, There's no more famous kneecap in the entire city <laughs> than Patrick Mahomes' right kneecap. For sure. Did, I just I just find it interesting. Like, listening to Andy Reid talk does not sound like a full participant in practice. That's well, what I just don't get. I think there's a gamesmanship part sure. of this. We went out, again, when you're with the media, you get to see the first 20 minutes, and in the two quote-unquote quarterback drills that they do really it's just warm-ups Matt Moore was still taking the first what would be reps uh which was again I mean it's just warm-ups I think there is a, a a part of that where the cameras are out there why not continue to make up the opposing team while you can prepare for two quarterbacks but when it comes to the injury report the NFL is very serious about the injury report you can't really fib on the injury report. Right. So now that Patrick Mahomes is tracking toward this being his start, you get the full participation. I just wonder, like, you know, like full participation basically means it you are you are participating in the amount of reps that you would typically do in that situation. Yeah, it's no different than he probably was practicing prior to it. So if he's lining up as quarterback two and we know how limited of reps quarterbacks two, two quarterback twos typically get. Like what if you, you see what I'm saying? Maybe yeah. maybe they're playing the gamesmanship there too a little bit. I don't think that's what it is, but I like just that's think, the only window to to this situation I could see where you know what it is, is dude. They're it, playing. It's it. just too much smoke at this point. There's right. just too much smoke. Right. He's playing on Sunday. I'm 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 willing to say that I'm at a 95 percent uh, chance I'm close, of, of I'm Mahomes. Close there. You know, if yeah. you round that up, that's a hundred percent. Uh, Eric Fisher and Alex Okafor did not practice. Frank Clark, LDT, and Kendall Fuller were all limited. Uh, the Frank Clark neck injury from uh, the Phantom, from Phantoms that that brought it to him, you know, wasn't in a game. Uh, it just the mystery continues. He's getting better, so uh, we'll see. He's another one that'll do some stuff, and we'll just see how you know how he does. Larry will do some stuff. We'll see how he does. You know, but um, these are those injuries. They're they're not. 
um, season ending, but you got to see where they're at and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just see how it rolls. So Clark is trending, I guess, in the right direction. The words season what, ending there what don't doesn't make me feel good why are you throwing that in there andy like is there is there a legitimate question about the legitimacy of 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 the long-term like or what or what is going on with these injuries honestly like why are you throwing that little 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 side in there yeah it almost seems like it's it's it was a word he didn't want to say and then just kind of blurted uh-huh out. Oh, um, great that's that's encouraging because i think they just paid Frank Clark, $100 million. A couple bucks. I think uh, they just restructured Eric Fisher's contract so where he's basically not cuttable next year. Too, a few so, dollars. Uh, Derek Nadi, Dustin Colquitt, Chad Henney, uh, Joey Ivey, Chris Jones, and, and Mahomes, a full participant. I think it was good to see Chris Jones was full because he went through a game. So he comes out of that game. He's, he's good to go. And we have seen, I think, in this last game against the Vikings, just how critical Chris Jones is. He's one of the most important players, I think, on this football team, if not the most important non-Mahomes player. Yeah, as we sit right now, I think that's true. And what I really like about this is that they figured out a really great plan for how to utilize him. You know, the the outside-in kind of aspect where he was playing a lot on the edge. In the early downs, he was kicking inside to rush the passer uh, on on passing downs, I love that dynamic with him, and I think that's yeah. exactly how you need to utilize him. And I think that's going to long term be. I would not be surprised, and I, I kind of hope that that's kind of the plan for him moving forward, even when everybody gets fully healthy. Right, and everything you hear about last year's version of the Chiefs' defense under uh, Bob Sutton. Why you got to bring that up? Why do you got to bring that name <laughs> with in here? Jones's freelancing? Is this is probably the role that he's always wanted, and probably feels really good about it. I mean, we haven't had an opportunity to talk to him, didn't talk to him in the locker room today, but I got to imagine this is where he wants to be. Yeah, I, I, I think that makes all the sense in the world for him, a guy who's really, you know, he wants that sack production, he wants to get paid. I think this is an opportunity in a situation where he's best positioned to get paid next year. And I, if you watch some of his snaps inside in early downs, he still freelances a little bit against the run, and he doesn't hold up against double teams. Like if you're trying, if they're trying to double team him, he's not going to do well. well. That's why it's so important. Frank Frank Clark comes back healthy because then you know, and Oof. Al Tokafor as well. I think you like just think about this front when when Frank gets back. If Frank's get, if Frank gets back, if it's not season ending or whatever, Andy. Speaking of words, we don't want to say. I know, right? Um, but imagine you know, like Colin Saunders jumping in here. Mike Pennell looks. Excellent is a great addition. So you've got some, you've got a really, man on the street, really beefy front with up front. Your into inside guys are playing at, you know, 320, 330. You've got, you know, Chris Jones at 300 at end on, on one side and Frank Clark when healthy is one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League. That's a dynamic group and that's going to be a really tough front to run against as well. Listen, we played cool in the gang to begin this show. This is a good time to be a Chiefs fan. You're coming off a Matt Moore Vikings win, which is incredible. Patrick Mahomes, even if in you're in the camp, I know there's some of you out there who's like, let's rest him to the bye. You gotta, you gotta be excited about Patrick Mahomes returning to the field in Nash Vegas this weekend. The Chiefs trying to get to seven and three, maybe get back in the mix with that New England Patriots loss. As far as a first seed, who knows what's gonna happen when we come back? Uh, we get some major news, and I'll spoil it. The Chiefs defense has made. Major strides. Craig Stout will join us to talk about it. That's next on Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Arrowhead Pride Radio. (laughs) 
Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Crame Dog. Uh, Kent Swanson, our lead film and draft analyst, and my co-host for AP Radio with the Arrowhead Pride tailgate on Sundays. Uh, right now, we're joined by another member of the team, Craig. I- I've been waiting a long time to say this and-, and listen to the way I say it. The Chiefs defense is good? The Chiefs defense is good. Oh, I like that emphasis a lot more. On a very good Minnesota Vikings offense. Granted, it was against bad Kirk Cousins, but still, Dalvin Cook wasn't able to move the ball. Stephon Diggs was largely held in check. That was a very, very good performance by the Chiefs defense. What stood out the most? Like, what stride? I know, I know you discussed major strides, and you could read your article in full at arrowheadpride.com, but as you're watching this team, what stood out the most to you from the game on Sunday? I think the thing that stood out the most was just the way that the interior defensive linemen kind of won up front and dominated and kind of set the tempo for the game. Derek Downey especially was an elite defender this week, and it seems like the Chiefs are really kind of riding off of that and they're putting Derek out there and, you know, people want to talk to him, which is, Rare for a nose tackle, typically a space eater, but he was fantastic making plays. Chris Jones playing at defensive end looked every bit the part of a defensive end for Steve Spagnuolo, so that's a position that I'd look for him going forward. This is a pretty depleted team on this side of the ball, and they did a fantastic job winning up front in that run game, forcing Kirk Cousins to be bad Kirk Cousins. Up front, Craig, the Chiefs kind of got a street-free agent in the middle of the season, Mike Pennell. Uh, I He stood out to me. What did you think about his performance helping in the run game as well? Oh, he is, he is a rock up front. He's been a very – he's got a very strong anchor. He's holding doubles. And when he does get those singles up front, he's really, you know, winning with power, walking these guys back into the backfield, kind of blowing up some of the game plans here. Same thing with Naughty. Both of those guys look fantastic. Mike Pennell might be the pickup of the season here, and that includes adding Mo Claiborne and some of the guys that they've rotated in that were rookies that maybe weren't able to get some early time. Mike Pennell has been fantastic the last two games. Talking with Craig Stout, our defensive film analyst at ArrowheadPride.com. When you take a look at the Chiefs' 2018 draft class, I mean, you look at the six players. Derek Nadi, clearly the best player right now, the best value in round three. I want to ask just another question about him. How much do you think he benefited from just being able to play by fire with Xavier Williams basically not being able to rotate in? Maybe Has he been able just to dig in there? You think that has a big part to do with it? I think that that does have something to do with it. I also think that maybe just developing and playing a little faster mentally within the scheme. You know, yeah. it's a brand-new scheme. He's coming from a 3-4 into this Steve Spagnuolo 4-3 that asks him to play some 3-tech as well as some 1-tech. So this is going to be a situation where he's got to be able to check and understand a lot of the things up front. It seems like all of those guys within the past three weeks have kind of gotten to where they're processing all of that faster. They're developing it faster. You don't see as many explosive plays outside of those running back passes that we saw against Green Bay and some of the screens against Minnesota. But up front in the run game, those guys just seem to be clicking, playing a little more together, and just a lot more gaps down. I think that has just come with time. 
certainly doesn't help that Xavier Williams wasn't able to play and he's getting more snaps. Craig, the uh, the defense is on the right track. Patrick Mahomes is on his way back. I think we all got to start thinking a little bit more about January again. I know that there was a stretch where we weren't. We were all stressing out. But what is your biggest concern with this defense uh, in in January? In January, as currently constructed, what's your biggest fear uh, in the biggest situations down the stretch? I think linebackers in coverage is probably the biggest real stressor to me. Now, Steve Spagnuolo this week did a good job kind of flexing and working on the empty checks. He had Anthony Hitchens calling audibles, checking the different coverages, and kind of throwing guys around in the secondary to make sure everybody was on the same page. So that might get cleaned up a little bit more. The cornerbacks still concern me. I we got a chance to watch the all twenty-two, and Charvarius Ward was good. That was probably his best performance of the year. But there were still too many coverage busts, still too many, you know, kind of lackadaisical coverages back there. They have to clean that up fully. I think a good downfield passing team may take a little more advantage of these cornerbacks. We may see that out of Houston or Baltimore once you get to January. Yeah, so those are some of the things that concern you. I, I, the question of the hour, the question of the week, it seems to be around Kansas City, is they can get everyone back healthy. What do you think the ceiling is for this defense as far as in the league? Could they break into the top ten, or is that too optimistic? I, I think with the way that the Chiefs' back half of the schedule is set up here, I think that that's not unreasonable to think that they could break into the top 10 in points. They're 18th right now, but they're about three points a game off of that top 10, you know, sort of uh, top 10 ranking there. So I do think that it's possible. They have the Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos still on the schedule. Those two offenses are anemic right now. I know that they do have the New England Patriots on the schedule still, but Bill typically doesn't tip his hand before January. I don't know how much of a score fest that might be. I don't really think that there's really explosive offenses left to play against. So just from the sheer fact that they're playing teams that aren't quite as explosive, can't hang as many points, and the fact that this defense is gelling, I do think that a top 10 in points per game can be achieved by this Chiefs defense. That is the voice of Craig Stout. He's our defensive film analyst for OurHeadPride.com. Right now you can go to AP and check out his article. It's official. The Chiefs defense has made major strides. He does it every week, the tabulations of the Chiefs defense from the previous game. Check out some of the film. Uh, Thank you, Craig, for for joining us, and thank you for your insight. Hey, thanks, guys. Craig Stout. I I feel pretty good about the defense right now. I mean, I don't – but here's the deal. I've been burned in the past. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't know if I'm ready. I, I've I've seen I've seen the change. I've seen these past three games. I've seen the new aggressive identity. But I am still a little bit concerned of a player like Derrick Henry, for example, coming out and just dominating the Chiefs' defense. And then I I feel I feel poorly again. I think my concerns now fall more on the back seven and what could be happening in the passing game at this point. So like I, obviously, yeah, the run game. There's concerns and all that stuff. Uh, that there's been concerns over the course of the season. They've they've shown some market improvement. I think a lot of the things you're seeing in there are, are legitimately improvement. Uh, I'm now concerned the athletic ability of the linebackers, 
I think the cornerbacks, there's still not a ton of talent back there. I think, right. you know, they've held up well, and I think Spax has done a really good job protecting them. Those are the places I think you could get really scared uh, and you could you could get really exposed in the biggest situations down the stretch. Those are my biggest concerns, and there's really not a, not a ton they can do to improve them now. One of the catalysts of this Chiefs defensive resurgence, Reggie Ragland, spoke in the locker room to the media today. Reggie, it's really felt like these past three weeks you've established this aggressive, intense identity. What do you think has been one of the major reasons that you guys have turned the page in, in a sense? We play football. We're doing what got us here. We're not doing all the extra stuff, trying to do too much. Everybody's just doing their job, and I feel like everybody's just figuring out their roles on this team. So we're just going out there and playing football. It's, it's, it's not that hard. We, we're, we're making it too complicated. Let's just go play football, that's, and, that's, and that's what we've been doing. And, uh, everybody's having fun, man. So uh, I feel like that's what we're going to keep doing, and uh, just keep getting better as the weeks go on and uh, get guys back that have been playing. So that's really going to make us even stronger up front, getting uh, Frank back. So um, hopefully we get it back this week. But – we just got to keep playing, man. Just keep playing ball. I'm excited. Did the coaching staff simplify things a bit uh, when you say too complicated? Or we was just it just still do, no, we just doing what we're doing. Everybody just thinking too much. Just, just going out there and just playing ball. And everybody's getting used to the scheme and everything now. So we just got to go play ball, man. And it's, it's, it's football. See ball, go get ball. Cover guy, hit guy. So that's, that's, that's what football is. It's, it's, it's nothing else. It's nothing else. Reggie, on the, the couple touchdowns that Minnesota, Minnesota scored in the second half, it seemed like came from maybe mistakes from you guys. Do you leave maybe more optimistic that those things are correctable? Oh, yeah. Everything like everything that we did wrong during the game is always correctable. So we just got to go out there and communicate. That's the biggest thing, especially, like I said, in this game. So we go out there and communicate. They might not get the touchdowns. So we just got to go out there and just keep playing for fun and keep communicating. And, and, that, and that's been our biggest downfall this year is not communicating. So, as the week's been going on, we've been getting better at it. So I'm excited because I know this week we're going um, to harp on it, and uh, I'm ready to get back out there and practice. Reggie, how would you assess the entire team's comfort level with this new defensive scheme now that you guys are pretty far into the season? Oh, man, I think it's good. Like, it, it, the main thing is just having fun and just not thinking so much. And, I, and, and that's what everybody's doing now, having fun. So like, we can't make this game harder than what it is. Like I said, see ball, go get ball. Hit the man with the ball. So uh, everybody's having fun, man. Just running around and, and doing what they do, man. So I'm excited for everybody on this team. Everybody's making plays. I'm making plays. So I'm excited. So uh, we just got to keep doing it. Reggie, when you guys go through a stretch where you've had injuries and faced adversity like that, does it overall in the long run make a team stronger when you can weather those storms, still have success, get everybody back, and maybe make you stronger than you would have been before? Yeah, definitely, because it's getting guys to play that haven't played. For and they get out there running around. Cause like if you really not going through the scheme, like you can lose it sometimes. So like we getting guys out there that that haven't been playing much and they're playing and that going out there being successful. And when guys come back, we're just not gonna miss a beat. So um, I'm excited, man. It's just we gotta keep going out there and just playing ball. And like I said, just don't make this harder. Really. That's Chiefs linebacker Reggie Ragland in the locker room. Coming up a little bit later in the show, an exclusive interview with running back Darwin Thompson checking in on him. We don't get to see him a lot on Sundays. So let's just see how he is developing. When we come back, we'll go into the mind of Music City Miracles, our SB Nation Titans site, to find out what is happening in Tennessee to begin this Titans Chiefs week. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Stick Discount Liquors. 
uh, Chiefs Titans this Sunday at noon. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Ken Swanson, Crane Dog behind the glass, pushing all the right buttons. Should be a good one on Sunday. It's starting to seem like Patrick Mahomes will return for this game, which makes it all the more interesting. Uh oh. To continue to break down uh, this game. As we are in the midweek, we welcome in uh, the editor-in-chief of Music City Miracles uh, to the program, Jimmy Morris. Uh, Jimmy, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I, I noticed, the first thing I noticed when I was doing a little back research on you is your Twitter account, and on it, you have Fire Mike Vrabel. So I think that's a perfect place to start. <laughs> how, how do you feel about the Titans head coach? Yeah, I mean, this has been rough. Um, he just didn't like his in-game decision making. It was it was kind of shaky last year, um, but you know a lot of times it was aggressive, and so we liked it because you know he's doing the things that everybody wishes their NFL coach would do. But this year it's like he's he's gone just too far their way. Um, a, a few different instances, they were up four late in Atlanta and had like a what would have been like a thirty-five yard field goal, like a fourth and three or something like that, and they went for it. Is they're trying to get field goal. They won the game, so I mean, it didn't end up mattering. Um, but it just it, it made a whole lot of sense to take the field goal there. There was a game earlier in the year against the Bills. Uh, Kyra Santos, the guy y'all are familiar with, um, he was the kicker before Cody Parkey, before Ryan Suckup, who I mean, so you're also obviously familiar with. Yeah, of course. Um, and, you know, he had missed three field goals in a game and against the Bills, and he sent him out there for a fourth field goal that was like 56 yards, and there's no way he's ever going to make that field goal. <laughs> um, and there's a couple other things. Uh, the, the latest one was a fake field goal um, against the Buccaneers. So it was a fourth and one. Um, they go up and do the, like, you know, try to fake them offside, or fourth and three. So they the fake them offside thing, you know, and, and like half-hearted attempt at that. Had to call a timeout. Um, and then they run a fake where they snap to the punter, try to get the punter to run for a first down. He gets basically decapitated. Actually, <laughs> the, ball, the Buccaneers picked it up and went and scored, but luckily for the Titans, the referee blew the whistle. Uh, and so we just turned the ball over. The defense got to stop. But, I mean, it's, just been, it's been stuff like that all year, and it just seems like, I don't know, it just seems like with what he's doing, in-game decision-making, the offensive coordinator and all that kind of stuff, it, it's just – it's just really not working out thus far, and it's hard to see. Like I said, it's just, it's just really, really bad decisions in, in really bad times. Jimmy, when you say luckily the ref blew the whistle in a Titans game, that you can understand where that would give Chiefs fans a little bit of nightmare right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The initial injury report for this game came out. Uh, no one knows their team better than the people who write for them uh, – Brown, uh, Casey, Davis, and Walker did not practice. Jones, Landry, Milton, Wake uh, were limited. Any surprises, things you're monitoring that could impact this game? No, no real surprises there. Um, I would expect Corey Davis to play. Uh, they've been giving him a maintenance day here and there. Um, I, I don't know about Jarrell Casey. He didn't play last week. And with him not practicing today, wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. I doubt we can go any Walker. Um, and then Deion Brown, that, that's, a, that's a concerning one. He got hurt in the game, didn't finish the game uh, last week. So I, I, I kind of doubt he'll play. I mean, it's still early, so things could change there. But no, no real huge surprises there. No. So looking at your schedule, it's been kind of an up-and-down uh, season, 4-5. and five. That includes a 16-0 and 0, uh, 
or I'm sorry, 16-0 loss to the Broncos, which isn't great, and a 23-20 win to the Chargers, which is really great. Uh, last week, losing to the Panthers 30-20. Where are you right now when it comes to the Titans' season? Do you think there's still something to play for? you think this team can make a push to the playoffs? I don't. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I wish that answer was different. But it's just this offense is it, a disaster. Um, the offensive line, they have not been able to figure out how to fix it for years now. And it's been really, really bad this year. You know, they hired Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator, a guy that's been here forever, as a quality control guy, and a tight ends coach, and a guy that really knows the personnel, really knows offense and that kind of stuff. But it just, it, him as a play caller and, and you know, designing game plans, it's really, it's really been bad. Um, and so, you know, in today's NFL, if you, if you can't score, then it's really hard to win games. The defense has been pretty good. Um, but I think some of that was being propped up by a, a pretty soft schedule at the beginning of the year. The defense is definitely the, the better unit on this team, but I think even then you're, you're going to see some cracks start to, start, to, start to show themselves in that defense as they get against tougher competition, better offenses. Um, so, I mean, you know, they, they could mess around and win seven or eight games, but it, it, I don't think that they're really a, a, a contender to do much else. How big of a loss do you think Malcolm Butler is on this team, especially going up against the Chiefs receivers? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. This week it's really concerning, obviously, because he's probably – I mean, the Dory Jackson is a fast and defensive back, but Malcolm Butler also gives them a, a good matchup guy with speed. I mean, he's not great, but he's better than Logan Ryan, uh, better than LaShawn Sims. He'll be playing outside for him in those types of situations. I mean, those guys are fine players. Uh, the Butler runs better than both of those guys. And so that's the thing. And when you're going up against, you know, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman, I mean, whoever it is, um, all those guys are players. And I, I'm just I'm concerned about, like I said, Michael Sims. I just like he, he's, he's been pretty good. Um, you know, he, he's had to fill in quite a few times during his time here. And he's, he's a fine player. Um, but it, it, when you talk about the speed element of it, um, it it's definitely concerning. And, you know, like I said, I mean, the defense has been really good. Um, and they've been good statistically so far. But I, I think a lot of that is being propped up by not having played very good offenses. You recently got Jeffrey Simmons back. He's a guy that some considered one of the five best players in this class but fell because of an, uh, an ACL injury, I believe. Uh, what has his impact been in the middle of the season so far? He's been really, really good. Um, he played for the first time against the Chargers. I guess that was three weeks ago at this point. And we only played 20, 24 points like that in that game. But had a sack, had, had another tackle for loss, was, was pushing the pocket a couple of times. Um, and he's done similar things since then. I, I mean, he's kind of been as advertised. Um, came back sooner than any of us were expecting. And we were thinking like mid-November at the earliest, you know, when they first drafted him. And he came back a lot quicker than that. So that's been good. Um, and, and, you know, the hope is that he can give them an interior pass rush to go, pass rusher to go along with Darrell Casey, who's been a really good player for a long time. Um, so yeah, he, he's been, he's been good so far. And you can see his impact in there. Um, he played 40 something snaps this past Sunday. So I mean, I would expect him to play, you know, pretty much a, a full load of snaps for, for a defensive line this game. Talking with Jimmy Morris, the editor-in-chief of Music City Miracles for SB Nation, the site that covers the Titans. Final question, and we might have buried the lead. How have you enjoyed so far the Ryan Tannehill experience? <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, you know, the whole Mark Smart thing has been such an up-and-down deal and disappointing because he was a guy in his first and second year 
the joke flashes of, you know, hey, this time they finally found their franchise spot. Yeah. Um, and just through injuries and all, different offensive coordinators, bad offensive lines, whatever, uh, somehow they, they just broke Marcus Mariota. I mean, I don't really know what else to say about it. Um, and this year he just was not – the Denver game really did him in. I mean, he was just – you know, missing throws that you can't miss. I mean, something in the flat and just wide open, and he's throwing it way over guys or, you know, sword hopping them and all that kind of stuff. So they had to go to Tannehill. It, it made sense. The, re- the reason they brought Tannehill in was because Marcus has been hurt for the last couple of years, and you needed a, a backup that could come in and, and at least be competent. Tannehill, I mean, he's, he's okay. You know, like, I mean, right. you're not going to get too excited about him. Um, he had really good games against the Chargers and Bucks. Uh, you know, I, I think he can be good against bad defenses. Um, he struggles when he's pressured. Um, he's going to struggle in, in games where the, the opposing defense is good. So, I mean, you know, that's what we knew Ryan Tannehill was. I mean, there's a reason that the, that the Dolphins were basically willing to pay a salary to trade him for a pick, um, to send him like a late-round pick, you know, to send him here. So, um, like I said, he's been fine. He's been an upgrade from what Marcus Mariota was early this year. And that stinks because, I mean, Mariota seems like, you know, one of the nicest human being on the earth. <laughs> but um, like I said, just through different circumstances here, um, it, it seems like it was just it was time to move on. Uh, you know, we'll see what he does. I feel like he needs to go somewhere where he can sit for a couple of years and, and you know, rehab his confidence and then maybe he can go on and, and do some things in the NFL. But yeah, I mean he's fine. You know, like it's not it's not inspiring to watch. Um, but he's at least going out there and hitting the throws that you know, an NFL quarterback should be able to hit. And like I said, Marcus wasn't doing that through the first you know, six or seven weeks of the season. His name is Jimmy Morris. You can catch his stuff at musiccitymiracles.com, the Titans' website for SB Nation. If you want to see the other side of this game, it's, of course, hashtag Fire Mike Vrabel right there on, on the Twitter. We appreciate you joining <laughs> us tonight and your Titans insight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You know, kids, sometimes we talk to the other team and you don't feel great about the game. Mm-hmm. That was an inspiring phone call for Chiefs fans. I the only problem with that is we had this conversation with the Colts. I know that's true, and they were like, "No, this is, we're not winning this game." Right, and then we know what happened. You're 100 percent correct about that. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, future Chiefs backup Marcus Mariota and seeing what he looks like. Uh, that is on a, the sidelines. That tomorrow. is a good call. That, that's a good call. That's an Andy Reid type of player that needs to go to a new system, have a rebirth for his career. Alex Smith. Very, it is Alex. He's Nick Foliolio, maybe, if if you want to look at more of a ceiling than, than a floor for Any, an Andy Reid rehabilitation. Anything, anything Andy touches turns to gold at the quarterback position. Imagine that as a backup quarterback. It'd be awesome. Really great call from Jimmy Morris. We appreciate that. When we come back, we check in an exclusive interview with running back Darwin Thompson. That's next on Our Head Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Wrapping up Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. We're on 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney here with Kent Swanson, Crame Dog behind the glass. Uh, pretty good show so far. Got to talk to Craig. Got to celebrate Patrick Mahomes. Got to talk to a Titans writer who hates Mike Vrabel. <laughs> This is this very is strong opinions. It's almost about. Christmas. Mm. It's almost the Christmas season. Thanksgiving first, of course. Graham Dog, don't don't jump the gun on that. Earlier today, I was in the Chiefs locker room, and there was running back Darwin Thompson. And we thought maybe this week would be the week since Dylan McCullough last week said that we need to get 
more of Darwin on the field, and then he was inactive, Kent. I definitely didn't make him the player spotlight for the uh, Arrowhead Pride tailgate on 610 Sports Radio two hours before every home game or every game period. My bad. So Yeah, yeah I, I also I made Kendall Fuller, and he was also inactive. Uh, so double inactive wow. player spotlights. Uh, good job by That's us. That's why they pay us the big bucks. But anyway, back to the point at hand. Darwin Thompson, a lot of fans have been wondering about him. He flashed during the preseason. We really thought he might be as high as running back, too. We really haven't seen much of him since, um, except for a handful of plays. So uh, talk to him today, and here's my conversation with Darwin. Darwin, midway through the year, uh, obviously not a ton of playing time, but you've been able to learn a lot, I'd imagine, behind the scenes. Just can you take me through what uh, you've dealt with through the first half of the season? Yeah, it's been a learning experience having great vets in front of me, Shady, D-Will, Dirty, Sherman. Uh, they just are taking a step back and actually learning about the league, the business side, the football side, and then um, becoming more aware to what I need to better myself on. So when I do get in the game, it's lights out. What, what part of the business side have you learned about? Just how, how people move. I always wonder why do people hold out, why people sit back. I mean, you want every dollar you can get. I mean, this league take advantage of your body, and you want to try to get as most money as you can while you're here. And, and so that's one of the main parts I've learned. And then from a playing standpoint, what do you think you've addressed when it comes to your own game behind the scenes? Um, my awareness of blitz, safety rotation, just the different things that defenses do in the NFL. And then uh, just changing my game a little bit. More finesse, not so much attitude in there, but more finesse with a little bit of attitude when I need to. What kind of feedback feedback have you gotten from Eric Bieniemy and, and Dylan McCullough? Keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, I practice like I play. I go hard every day no matter what. I'm preparing to be number one. That's, that's what I'm here for. There was a big moment in training camp where you got a little bit bull rushed and you made it a point that that's never going to happen again. Then you get in the Packers game, I think it was two snaps, and you had that nice uh, pass block uh, in that game. Uh, what went into that? Can you bring me through that play? Uh, so it was a, a jet motion or orbit motion, we call it. And I was just, I was really waiting on the ball, so I'm going to check now. And I just seen that he ended up throwing to the shallow to Sammy. I was like, we got to finish up here, we got to finish blocking. That's what we practice and it's like hammered in our heads that we got to do and so I was like man I can't just I couldn't knock him out because like there's a legal now in the league well, I got to get my hands on him so I hit him boom but yeah that's just, that just part of football I mean me getting knocked out that's part of football too but I'm gonna try to I'm, I'm gonna get mine more than I get got it sounds like you're doing all the right things what should fans uh, expect for when you do finally get that opportunity the train gonna go crazy I'm going to just uh, be ready. I'm going to celebrate. You're going to see my personality, and uh, we're going to have fun. All right. Good luck this Sunday. Appreciate it. The train going to go crazy. Crazy train. <laughs> That's true. All Not, aboard. You know, can always count on you to make those type of connections. We got, uh, we got the Lucas locomotive, Jordan Lucas, and now we have the crazy train. Uh, we are a Darn couple time. minutes away. Uh, from our live mailbag, get your questions in 69306. It can be a comment. Kent and I will discuss them. First, Kent, what's your survivor pick this week? I've been out for weeks. I've I been out of this pool for weeks. I've enjoyed every uh, Thanks, Chiefs. every waking week that I get to to remind you that, uh, Thank that you, you're Chiefs. out of this. Thank you, Chiefs. I'm going with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Don't even care if Jacoby Brissett is playing or not. They're big, playing the Miami Dolphins. Big Brian Hoyer guy. The hot Miami Dolphins. I'm not afraid. I'm not deterred. They're not going to. Uh, 
they're not going to continue the streak, I don't think. I like you, Kent. I don't like the choice, but who am I to say? I don't even have... I, I don't need to take your advice. You're out. Pete. I don't even have a dog in the fight. Why would I Why would I listen to you? You were out week seven. It wasn't even fall yet. It's time for the live mailbag. Enough of this. Uh, first comment we got on Twitter, Popeye's chicken sandwich. That was what's on uh, the fans' mind. Um, just, it, it's just, on all our It's on all our minds. I had it uh, first time around. It was good. Good sandwich. Not worth not worth standing in line uh, and risking life Kent and limb. Going but. the humble brick on the Popeye's oh, chicken yeah. Jason asks, is it realistic to run the table? And with Patrick Mahomes, anything's realistic to me. Yes, you have not seen the full iteration of the offense yet with Patrick Mahomes healthy and the defense is proving. I'm not scared of New England. I'm not scared of Tom. He's getting old. I think I'd be, I'd feel better about it if the defense gets a little healthier. Uh, but with Patrick Mahomes, you could, you could win any game, I, I find. Would you want Mahomes to continue making plays outside the pocket or keep him inside the pocket till the playoffs begin? No, just let him go out and be himself. You don't want him, you know, thinking too much about trying not to, you know, play out of structure or whatnot. Just let him go be him. He'll be fine. I agree with that, but he should be a little more cognizant of taking unnecessary hits. Not that he did in the past, but a little, and I'm just talking a hairline, a little less reckless because it seems like this thing could get re-dislocated. You look that there's a non-zero percent chance until he gets some kind of corrective surgery. Yeah, don't like that. Is it crazy to continue to rotate Chris Jones on the edge while mixing Saunders and Nadi more in the middle? That was some scary good D-line action on Sunday, only going to be better with Frank's return. That should be the plan for this for this thing with him moving forward. Let him get some snaps on early downs outside, kick him inside during rush situations. I think that's the perfect formula for him. I think that it makes the rest of the front better as well. This is from the Protein House. He with the purpose. Text line 69306. What player do you expect to eat most before the game? I say Passanio because he has... Uh, a huge, and I, I, it's an explicit at the end there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I, I'll go Colin Saunders, although Mike Pennell's probably making a late push with the recent addition. I think that guy can, uh, can pack some food in. I got to think Chris Jones. One time I was asking Chris Jones about Thanksgiving, and he straight up told me he eats two full pies after Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> what? So I've heard his I've heard his uh his order at the Nashville Hot Chicken place at Parlor too. It's pretty it's something. It's something. Here from the text line too, and Ken, you might you might uh, be better fitted to answer this, better suited. Has anyone noticed that Breland has been getting thrown in? Uh Rashad Breland hasn't played well this season. Really, he's gotten worse and worse as the season's gone on. He's really grabby because he's getting beat so much. Uh yeah, I would I would target him too, because he's not played well. I thought that the target this year was going to be Charverius Ward's job. I think we all did. And he's actually been pretty good. He's held up all right. I mean, there's there's still some concerns there. But Plus, i Maddie Lane will be writing about that on Arrowhead Pride. There's still there's good things, though. Don't We're say encouraged. that too loud, Kevin. You can't say that too loud. I uh, know. Can't be uh, too negative. After seeing the success Hunt has a rookie, Hunt, Kareem Hunt, has had as a rookie running back, can't speak. Why do you think the Chiefs are hesitant to give the ball to Darwin Thompson? It's, they're completely different football players with different playing styles and different densities. I mean, Darwin Thompson, he and he's, he's not picked it up mentally, so he's got issues, you know, in pass protection. He's not a guy that's super capable of doing all the things Kareem Hunt could do. I mean, there's a laundry list of reasons why Kareem Hunt got opportunities and Darwin Thompson does, didn't, but he's got potential. Just give him some time. He'll, he'll I, be fine. I also just think there's veterans ahead of him, and if he's not completely ready, just hold him back. Sure. I mean, the guys, there's guys that can do the job uh, right now. I he's think got value. The Chiefs trust more. One more question. Should the Chiefs be in on a Dez return? 
Des Bryant? I believe that's who. That's the only Des that I know. No. Oh gosh. No. Are you sure about that? One thousand percent. No. Yeah. All thank right. you. Thank you, Kent. Well, this has been a show. I don't know if it was a good one, but it was a show. Uh, thank you to Craig Stout, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Morris of the Titans had that real nice Tennessee accent, which I like. Crame Dog did a good job. Uh, the Yes Awards this week. I don't even have a so-so award. Stupendous was Tyree Kill. Uh, unbelievable job. Stinks award, Sean McCoy. But I, I feel I feel like he can rebound from that. Uh, who was so-so this week? Who would you give that to? Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Juan Thornhill. Juan Thornhill. And I love you, Juan. I love Juan Thornhill. So-so. Thanks to Reggie Ragland and Darwin Thompson. Mr. Rocked Up. He's coming. Been Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Coming up next, the great Jay Binkley. I have a sneaking suspicion he'll be talking some football. Uh, Thank you for listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio.